From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The chief medical officer at the Javits Convention Center in New York City during this pandemic has been Dr. Christopher Tansky, who's an assistant professor of emergency medicine at Upstate. He's talking with me via web conferencing software. Thank you for making time for Health Week on Air, Dr. Tansky. Sure, no problem. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us how you were selected to oversee the care of COVID patients at the Javits Convention Center? So the um, uh, this facility is a state facility. It's run by the uh, uh, New York State Department of Health, and uh, it's been open for about three weeks, and the Department of Health uh, didn't really have a, a kind of a physician uh, leader here, so they had reached out uh, to me through Upstate uh, to serve as the chief medical officer down here. And uh, Upstate was uh, kind enough to loan me out, so to speak. And so I'm down here um, uh, really representing the Department of Health as their chief medical officer on the, at Javits here. Uh, and uh, taking a, a little bit of a, a break from my uh, duties at Upstate. So had you ever been to Javits before for any like event of any sort, or is this your first time there? No, I've, I've, I've been here before. It's interesting you ask that. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to look at this place the same way again when I come back for our conference. It's definitely, uh, you know, I've never, I'm, uh, seeing it as a hospital, I'm reminded walking around of the conferences I've been to here. It's just very, uh, very unusual. Well, what does it look like? Can you describe it for us? Yeah, we have, uh, you know, Javits has, is an enormous con- convention center. We, um, you know, one of the large exhibit halls uh, is uh, several of them actually are uh, have been turned into a hospital. So uh, there's curtains set up, long rows of, of small cubicles that are bounded by curtains. Uh, there's uh, they're set up into pods. So there's about 16 rooms in each section, uh, and at the moment we have uh, about 15 or 16 of those sections set up. And, uh, you know, uh, so it's all with white curtains uh, on the outside. There's no walls or anything. So uh, we've tried to do the best we can. Each room has a bed in it uh, and, uh, you know, an oxygen source if the patients need it and uh, perhaps a commode or something else for them. And uh, that's about it. It's very simplistic, uh, but it gets the job done. And so we're trying to uh, kind of take as many patients as possible. It does make it a little bit difficult to get around because everything looks the same. So when you get into the middle of it, you sometimes uh, lose your sense of orientation as to where you are because all the rooms look the same. Wow. So now did you, were you responsible for arranging beds and staffing and equipment or was that sort of, did the state health department sort of do that part of it? Well, uh, so it was done ahead of time, but it was actually done by the military. So, um, you know, being a disaster, the uh, state, uh, you know, the city needed help and the, the city asked the state and the state uh, requested that the military come set up its installation. And so, uh, you know, when this was set up, which was about, I think, three weeks ago, it was set up by the Army, the Navy, the Army Corps of Engineers, the U.S. Public Health Service, uh, really all, uh, all with them. And so they brought in medical units. There are hundreds of military personnel here. And they're still primarily kind of the ones providing care. 95% of the care being provided at this facility right now, maybe even more like 97 or 98%, is being provided by the military. Uh, There's a very, very, very little uh, small civilian component. So uh, the military, is that nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists? Is it all of that? Yeah, it's everything. Uh, The Army has, you know, medical units, uh, field hospitals that have been set up. They've all been brought in. There's a number of them here. 
uh, as folks know, the U.S. Uh, the Comfort ship is here as well. Uh, that's a little bit not quite uh, exactly part of our organization here, but it's literally right outside. And so we have tons of uh, Army uh, physicians and nurses and medics and uh, the Navy as well and public health people all from, uh, you know, around the country that are here. And uh, this is what they do. They set up mobile field hospitals. And so you know, we're only just in the very, very, very early stages of trying to kind of start to get civilians in here to augment that response. Everything right now is done by the military. And so between the U.S., uh, the Comfort Ship and the Javits Center, are they are you divided up between who is caring for COVID infected patients and who is caring for patients who are not infected? At this point, we're only taking patients who are infected with COVID. So the, that was originally not the case. But right now, both the Comfort and the Javits are only taking COVID patients. So all the patients here are positive. Uh, so we're essentially a COVID hospital. So how do the do the patients come directly there from their home or do they go to a hospital first and then a hospital decides to send them to you? Yeah, so they, they there's no direct admissions here. There's no ER here. So the patients are all transferred from other hospitals. So we have uh, a variety of ways that happens. We have uh, uh, hospitals and doctors can call in on the phone. We have very detailed specific criteria about what type of patients we can accept here. And so that can be reviewed by phone. Uh, and uh, then the transfers can be arranged where the ambulance goes, picks the patients up and bring them here. The other thing is that we have direct representatives from all the hospitals here. So there's several major large hospital systems in New York City, and all of those hospital systems have sent groups of representatives here to the Javits Center. Matter of fact, they're all sitting uh, kind of in the same area that I am. And they spend all day long uh, talking with their colleagues at the hospitals, identifying patients and approving patients to be transferred. And so, uh, you know, we have uh, quotas and, and goals we set every day for how many patients we have and how many we want to take in and how many we're going to discharge. And uh, we're working very hard to offload the hospitals uh, and take patients here and at the comfort as well. So none of these patients are there to decide whether they have COVID. They, they all have, they've all tested positive. That's and correct. Yep. Everyone here is positive for the virus. So they have varying levels of need or do you, I mean, do you have some intensive care patients? And We and do have some. Yep. Uh, there, so this facility uh, originally was not designed to take intensive care patients, but if you think about it, uh, you know, you're going to have patients here that get worse suddenly. And so we need to have the capability to care for those. So very early in the process, we mobilized and set up a uh, intensive care unit here. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me. Last I looked, our intensive care unit had about 25 patients in it. Uh, right now, we have the capability to care for 48 ICU patients, and we can expand that if needed. And so those patients would be patients that were here and got worse, and so they would be moved to our ICU. We have ventilators there, all the things you would need. We don't try to, take, uh, to, to sort of take those patients. So if someone goes to the ICU, we would try to, uh, if, they, if we can't kind of quickly turn them around, to send them back to the hospital they came from. Uh, but we are running an ICU, and the Comfort does have an ICU as well. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Christopher Tansky. He's an assistant professor of emergency medicine at Upstate, and he's the chief medical officer at the Javits Convention Center in New York City during this pandemic. So can you tell me what your day's like uh, as medical director there? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, have been getting here about 7 or 7.30. Uh, we, you know, we're eating all three meals here pretty much. There's nowhere, you know, really no restaurants open in New York. So, um, you know, uh, I have to approve all medical policies here. So, again, this, think of this as a hospital that just opened three weeks ago. And uh, so, you know, we have to have policies for how, you know, how we provide care, uh, you know, what patients we take, what we do with them. Uh, all those processes, and, and this is, you know, again, these are not normal standards of care. This is a crisis, so the standards of care are different. So I'm reviewing a variety of those every day uh, that come from our military providers and improving those and uh, making new ones. We're also spending a significant amount of our time on, on finding civilian staff. So uh, we are in need of civilians, uh, and we have uh, people here whose only job is to review uh, resumes and uh, candidates from the state state is identified. Uh, just today, we uh, brought in a group of 10 civilian doctors uh, to start working today to complement the military staff. So I have some folks reviewing that. And I have to approve all of those people and uh, give them credentials and so forth. Uh, a good part of my day is spent down on the floor. Um, so I'm not caring for patients directly, but at least once, usually two or three times a day, I will go down onto the floor of the hospital itself. Uh, to talk to the providers, the nurses, to see the patients, to identify needs. Um, just today, we identified uh, from talking to some of the nurses that uh, we needed a way to keep track of the charts better. And so we're going to try to find some sort of a rack or something they can put the charts in. But there's no way to know that unless you go down there and uh, see and talk to the providers and the patients. So I do that at least once a day uh, and uh, usually more often. And then, uh, you know, there's... Um, uh, I'm the liaison to the state, so a good part of my day is spent explaining to the state what's going on, uh, talking about budgeting and equipment and, uh, you know, what are our plans moving forward. So I have to, uh, you know, be the eyes and ears for the state uh, here as well. Have there been any shortages of medication or equipment or protective gear? How's that running? I don't know that I would say there have been shortages. Uh, having said that, there are also certain, are, are, you know, major surpluses. Um, you know, there is a whole group here that uh, handles logistics, and we get reports every day of the supply. So, um, you know, part of it is is just having to order stuff to begin with. So, you know, the, this is a convention center, and it was an empty hall. So, you know, you have to set up a hospital. You have to order beds. Uh, when I first got here, there were no call bells. So you think of something simple in a hospital like a call bell, or you push the button if you need your nurse. We didn't have any. Huh. Uh, so we've had to find those, and, uh, you know, we had to get monitoring equipment for patients. We had to get an oxygen supply. We had to get running water, bathrooms, all of which we could separate, you know, for the patients only because they're positive for the virus. Um, PPE is an issue. I mean, we've had a good supply of PPE, uh, but, you know, every day we identify how much we've used and how many days we have left. And we, you know, when we identify, you know, today we identified a particular type of item that we were running a bit low on. So, we had to work with the federal partners in the state to uh, find additional sources for that. So we haven't run out of anything, but, um, you know, uh, we don't have unlimited supplies as well. So you know, there's an entire logistics unit here who every day prepares a report of everything we have and how much we need. And, you know, when we need something, we, you know, go all out to find it. We look locally, we look at the state level, we look at it with our federal partners and uh, the process is tremendous. But you just, you know, when you need something, you have to find it and you have to get creative about it. Well, I don't want to get too technical, but I have read that there's uh, a little bit of a debate among physicians about treating COVID-19 patients as patients who have acute respiratory distress. 
in terms of whether they should be on ventilators or not? Is there, what are, what are your sort of your standing orders there at the Javits Center? Uh, So again, you know, we um, are not specifically looking at that, you know, we don't generally take patients and transfer who are already on ventilators, although we can, we took four last night in a particular situation where a hospital really needed us to take them. Uh, You know, we're trying to be contemporary and use, uh, you know, evidence-based medicine. I've been in touch with some of the colleagues back at Upstate. Um, We are not doing clinical trials here. So medications that people might get in clinical trials, we don't have access to. We're using some of the common medications to treat it that people have been using. If someone needs to be put on a ventilator, we're doing that. Uh, Again, we would try to work to get that patient back to the hospital. Uh, But, you know, we can certainly keep them on ventilators here. We've not had any, you know, uh, there's no any, nothing about rationing or anything like that. Everything, everyone is getting, you know, as much care as appropriate. Um, and we're trying to, you know, and it's nice when in this situation because you have providers from all around the country in different walks of life. And so you can really have some good discussions about what are you doing and what are you seeing and what's the best way to treat these patients. Has anything surprised you about how this disease affects people? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, um, what we have seen in some cases is, um, you know, people will get a mild or a, a minor or mild illness. They might have a little bit of a cough. Uh, they might be in the hospital with a little bit of a lower oxygen level, but really not doing all that badly. You know, certainly not on a ventilator, able to kind of function normally. And sometimes you see after five, six, seven days, they just, uh, they, they, they get a bit worse. And, uh, you know, you think that things are going better and they suddenly get worse. We haven't seen that in every case, but uh, you know, I've seen that here as well as back at Upstate before I came down here. And so that's a, a little unusual for me. Uh, so we, we are trying to watch these patients very closely uh, and sort of keep an eye on them and see, uh, you know, how their course is. Uh, but that's some unusual things we've seen from time to time. Well, I imagine you'll be bringing all sorts of um, lessons learned to, you know, back to Upstate. Um, yeah some point. How difficult has it been for you to be away from your family? Uh, it's been tough. Uh, I wasn't uh, even, ho- <clears throat> excuse me, I wasn't even home to begin with. Um, I had uh, about a week before I came down here, I left my home and moved into a hotel in Syracuse because I was uh, afraid of uh, bringing the virus home to my family. I have a wife and a four-year-old daughter and a six-month-old daughter. So I had already been gone. So I essentially moved from one hotel down, down to here. And, uh, you know, who really knows, uh, you know, when this is going to be over and when I'll, uh, you know, be able to get back to Syracuse and even then when I'll be able to get back home. Uh, So, you know, you try to chat and have FaceTime and so forth, but uh, it's difficult. Uh, Just because you're of the exposure potential, when you do come back home, you'll probably have to be quarantined for a while too, right? Yeah, those those guidelines are kind of in process. Um, We... um, you know, depending on who you ask, there's different guidelines about 14 days or seven days. We're fortunate here to have some very sophisticated testing, uh, different than you'll see in any, anywhere else that we've uh, been able to get our hands on. So uh, we, we might not have to do quite that much. We're thinking about what we're going to do for all the providers when they leave. And, uh, we might be able to shorten that a little bit based on some of the uh, kind of new uh, testing that we have access to here. But a topic of discussion every day. We're trying to figure out what to do uh, when everybody here goes home. And uh, yeah, I think there will be a quarantine period, but we're trying to see if we can get that down a little bit. Uh, but we're not quite sure yet. Well, so is the military uh, providing all of the meals at the Javits Center? 
No, uh, we are using catering. Uh, the um, you know we are trying to do our best to support the local industry. So, uh, you know we're uh, using catering to get food here from uh, local vendors and so forth. Uh, and uh, again, you know most of the staff here are eating three meals here a day as well because we're here so much. So, uh, we are trying to support you know the local eateries and food places, and so they bring food in from different places every day. And uh, we're trying to do, you know, work with that, uh, some sort of similar thing for patients. So uh, military is not providing the food. We're trying to use uh, local sources for that. And then you're staying nearby? At a, are you able to walk to your where your lodging is? Yes. Yeah, so uh, there's obviously, as you might imagine, with the hundreds of people down here, where, you know, there's a variety of hotels. Uh, the one we're at is two blocks away. So it's a very quick walk in the morning and at night, uh, which is good because, again, most of us are spending, you know, more than 12 hours a day here. And so uh, when you head out, uh, it's a very uh, couple block walk back to the hotel, uh, which is nice given uh, that, you know, occasionally you have to come back at night for some sort of emergency or as well. So it's good to be close. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Thank you to Dr. Christopher Tansky. He's the chief medical officer at the Javits Convention Center in New York City and an assistant professor of emergency medicine at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.